Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to have Dr. M.D. Bush as a guest today. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. She is amazing. You want her on her on your side. She is a pit bull in the spirit. Dr. M.B. Bush is the president of Heartbeat of Heaven Ministries. She is known for her powerful testimony, which she's going to talk about today. She was delivered from a 30 year battle with alcohol, drugs and bulimia. She has an honorary doctorate from Dayspring Theological University. She is married to her husband, Jeff, and she is certified in inner healing and deliverance counseling through Elijah House. She is also ordained through Patricia King's Women in Ministry Network, where she serves as a regional leadership capacity. So welcome, MB. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Heidi. It's just an honor to be here. And I met Heidi through Patricia King's Women in Ministry Network, and it's just been an amazing ride, hasn't it, sweetheart? It really has been. It's yeah. it's been really wonderful. Did I miss anything in introducing you that you wanted oh, no, to share? We're good. We're good. Okay. So this show is called Strong Tower Mental Health. And so we really focus on really how mental health and Jesus come together. I think there's a lot of people that don't bring them together. And there's some people in ministry that just kind of shy away and say someone else needs to deal with it. But really God is in this and we need to bridge it together and bring Jesus into mental health. I would love it if you could share what what life was like for you before you knew Jesus? Share your story. You know, Heidi, you know this, and I didn't know this, but we're three-part being. We're made in God's image. We're spirit, right? We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. Prior to 6,000 years ago, when God created Adam, there were beings that walked upright and looked like man, Cro-Magnon man and Neanderthal man, but they weren't made in God's image. They were like an animal. Animal has a soul, a mind, will, and emotions and lives in a body, just like my dog, Chloe. But 6,000 years ago, God created man from the glory, from the dust of the earth. And he breathed his ruach, his, his spirit into man. And man became made in God's image for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so what I call the soul, I call it Satan's sandbox <laughs> because that's where he attacks. The battlefield is in the mind. And we know Joyce Meyer even wrote a series on the battlefield of the mind. But I always tell people for 30 years from the age of 19 to age 49, I was a lying, drug-addicted, alcoholic, bulimic, adulterous thief. Mm. But it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I was raised in an alcoholic home. My mom was alcoholic and my dad was bipolar. Mm. Back then, we didn't have a name for it. We just called it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So it was one big emotional roller coaster. And I was raised in a denomination that told me that God was mad at me and that every mm. time I in, there was a black check mark in my name in heaven, whether it was a mortal sin or a regular sin. And I just grew up in such shame and condemnation. And I thought God was mad at me. And so I had a soul wound that only Jesus Christ could fill. And I didn't know that at the time. So I tried filling it with drugs, alcohol, mm -hmm. food. 
uh, bad relationships. Um, my self-esteem was so low. I always went after the bad boys or men that were wrong for me. I didn't know that Jesus died for me and he loved me and that he was, you know, he died to heal me, not only just in my body, but also in my soul. So for 30 years, I, I wrote a book called Summoned Out of Darkness. And I know you mentioned it. Summoned Out of Darkness is written to those that go through uh, the dark night of the soul or any periods of loss, grief, addiction, fear, anxiety, depression, anywhere the enemy comes to attack us because Jesus wants to heal you with his love. And the Lord told me to write this book because one day my husband and I had an argument or something and I was feeling the enemy came to me in shame and condemnation. And Mm. the Lord said to me, daughter, your fig leaves are gone. Remember, Adam and Eve ran and hid from God because they thought he was mad at them at the time and they covered themselves with fig leaves. And so he told me to write this book about his love, not only to heal people from soul wounds, but to show them the love of the father. There's a lot of things that you said here. This is a very powerful testimony that you're not in this place anymore. One, I heard that you're talking about soul wounds. Two, you were saying, I heard from God. I know some of our listeners are going to hear that and they're going to think, what, what does that mean? How does you hear from God? And then you also talked about that you actually grew up in a church. I'm wondering if you can combine this and and share how, even though you were in a church, you weren't really actually knowing the love of the father, which is what you dive into with your book and that there's a big difference. And I think there's a lot of people that they either think they're Christian or they think they are saved, or I just don't think people people totally understand that and help them to understand we all can hear from God and it doesn't need to be weird. It's not weird. I will tell you, Heidi, I did not truly get born again. So I was baptized as an infant Mm -hmm. and then I was also confirmed. And we know Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, believe in your heart Mm -hmm. and confess with your mouth that Jesus died for your sins and you'll be saved. I confessed it with my mouth, but I didn't believe it in my heart because I was so broken. And I was so damaged and I was so full of shame. Mm -hmm. And my mom got sober when I was 15 and dragged me to all all these revival meetings. And so I said the salvation prayer, you know, many times, but I truly didn't mean it until I heard the word of God preached for the first time. And my husband and I met in treatment for alcoholism. Okay. His first wife, Pam, died of alcoholism. Wow. She fell in the house and hit her head. Mm. and had died three days later in Methodist Hospital. It took him three DWIs and two years to get into treatment. I landed there three days after. But let me tell you, you can grow up in church and not know the love of God because Jesus said, my word is spirit and it is life. Mm. And I was not taught the word of God growing up. So I didn't know the truth. And we know Jesus also said, You will hear the truth or you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And unless you know the truth of how God feels about you and how he loves you, you can't be set free from the lies of the enemy. You stay trapped in that and all those those soul wounds that you were talking about. You don't think you're good enough and you're not worthy of this. It's like you don't receive the gift that he's giving you. Right. But what I want to add is, Mm -hmm. and this is the way I was raised in a works salvation. We have to somehow earn it. We could never be good enough. It said Jesus lived a sinless life and he was our propitiation. He was our a lamb of God. He was our sacrifice. The father put all of our sins, past, present, and future on the body of Jesus 
on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so it's not how good we are. It's how good Jesus was. And so when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, all of our sins were forgiven because all of our sins, past, present, and future were put on the body of Jesus. And there's nothing more liberating to know that you're actually forgiven and that you walk free. And that's what I want to witness to your listeners is that it doesn't matter what you've done. God is not mad at you. He loves you. He sent his only son to die for you. Jesus shed blood for every sin you've ever committed or that you'll ever commit in the future. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I receive your son as my savior and you'll be saved. It's that simple. And once you have the knowledge of that, it's a miracle. It's absolutely liberating and freeing, and it will set you free from the lies of the enemy. I want to move on to something else, but I feel a little stuck on something. You were saying that you're good enough as you are. God loves you. I feel like we have some listeners that feel like they know that God loves them but they're not choosing to say yes to him. I don't know if this is making sense, but you know how right before you and Jeff actually went to go to treatment and you're kind of like, well, I know I maybe should go to treatment, but you don't really want to. And you're like, yeah, I know I should follow what God is telling me to, but I kind of like this life and I kind of like- But I wasn't saved treatment. I didn't know Jesus yet. I didn't get born again until a year after I got out of treatment. Help me, Holy Spirit. I feel like I'm trying to speak to the complacency that some of us can have, where it's almost like we feel like what you said, what you grew up with, is God was saying, you're bad or you're not good enough. You have to do something that I feel like they hear you and they're like, yeah, this is good for her. She really had this powerful testimony. She wrote a book. How can this actually apply to me when I'm good? My life is pretty good. I didn't have a horrible childhood. It was okay. Or I had some things that were kind of tough, but not really that bad. How do you speak to that where it's moving from not this up and down roller coaster, but almost like this, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to step into this. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And my sister-in-law was raised Lutheran. Mm -hmm. I'll just say her first name, Paula. And she went to church and she had a pretty good life, not a lot of trauma. She didn't realize how much she needed Jesus until she really met him for the first time. She thought she was good to go too. Mm-hmm. and had some worldly ideas and lived in the world in a lot of ways. And they saw my testimony, my family did, and they rededicated their lives or got born again for the first time and realized that they were nothing without him. I think that the answer is in the word of God, because people that feel like that, it's like draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I think it's in James chapter one that James writes that if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And once you have that intimacy with Jesus and you can only get it through reading the word, because Jesus is the word, not just what's written in red, but he is every word from Genesis to Revelation, right? And I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail here. I'm going to mention the Passion Translation version of Luke chapter 7, 37 through 50. IMB was the notorious wicked woman that broke the jar of nard at Jesus' feet and wept over his feet in the home of the Pharisee. And in the Passion Translation, the Lord showed me something. And Robert Morris actually preached on this. The Pharisee is indignant, and he says, if this man were truly a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this was at his feet. And Jesus said, Simon, I have a word for you. He said, there were two men that owed a banker a lot of money. 
won 300 denarii and won 3,000 denarii, the banker forgave both of them, which one would be more grateful? And Simon said, the one who was forgiven the most. And Jesus said, that's right, Simon, those who have been forgiven much love. We've all been forgiven much. So it's the revelation of how much we need Jesus that brings us up to that next level. Because my sin although great is equal to my sister-in-law said, does that make sense? All been forgiven much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's it's revelation of how much you need Jesus. And I would say to the people out there that feel that they're good to go, probably don't have the intimacy of somebody that, that knows they're broken and that needs him. And I would just recommend picking up your Bible maybe starting in the Psalms, reading a gospel and just getting to know who your savior is. Because when you have that intimacy with him, you'll realize how lost you are without him. But you can't have that intimacy until you're in the word. Does that make sense? It does. You're speaking to me too, because this was me. So I absolutely understand this. So now I would like you to share, how did you meet Jesus? How did this shift happen and how your testimony flipped that God totally shifted this for you. Okay. So I met my husband, Jeff in treatment for alcoholism and step 11, we were going to AA three times a week, confessing that we were alcoholics and drug addicts. We didn't know the power life and death was in the tongue. That's a whole other show (laughs) (laughs) right there, but we were prophesying our addiction and we were, you know, we were doing the best we could to work the steps and step 11 says, improve your conscious contact with God. So we decided we'd go back to church together and we tried a couple that we went back to the denomination we were raised in and were moved to get to know the Lord more. And my friend Julianne, who I knew through business, invited us to Living Word Christian Center, where we now serve the Lord. And it's a word church. And Jeff and I were not raised with the Bible. We knew John 3.16. That was pretty much it. We walked into that church and we heard the word of God preached for the first time. And I tell people, my spirit man went off like a pinball machine. It's like, ding, 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 ding. And Jeff said he felt like John the Baptist who leapt in Elizabeth's womb when Jesus came in. And we just heard the word of God and it just broke open the blocks that we had. And we couldn't wait to give our lives to Jesus. They didn't give an altar call the first Sunday, but one of our pastors the following Sunday preached on how when he got saved, he dumped out a case of alcohol and a shoebox full of cocaine and how God supernaturally Uh, delivered him. And we thought, this is our God. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) This is the God. If this God can do this, he can heal anybody. And so we went up for an old fashioned altar call and we gave our lives to Jesus. Wow. It was awesome. And we never looked back because we didn't know the truth, but the truth set us free. I will tell you that 90 days after getting saved, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our pastor laid hands on us and we went down on the floor under the power of God. And we felt that spirit, that demon of addiction just lift off of us. And we got up off the floor completely free. All glory to King Jesus. I mean, Completely free. So not just in my body, but in my soul. So can you explain what that is? Baptism in the Holy Spirit. I think some people listening don't know what that is. Happy to. So when we get born again, the Holy Spirit comes, it's the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus comes and lives on the inside of you. 
And there is still the immersion in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in both in Matthew and Luke. It says, Matthew, for sure, it says in chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he was talking about Jesus. And I always tell people that when Jesus appeared to the apostles in his glorified body, when he rose from the dead, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they became born again, right? After this was in the upper room. Then if that was all the Holy Spirit they needed, then why was there the day of Pentecost? Because there's the immersion into the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which activates the spiritual gifts that Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So in order to activate those gifts that God has placed in you, you need that baptism or that immersion of the Holy Spirit. My pastor preached on it yesterday at church, and I can't explain it in words other than I will tell you it takes your walk from black and white to color. It's amazing. Words in the Bible will just leap off the page. You'll have an understanding of the word when you get born again, but when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it just takes you to a whole new level. At the beginning, you talked about that we're a body, soul, and a spirit, and I feel like you're speaking about our spirit man, and that that's why it's leaping. That's why your spirit man was saying yes, yes to these pastors praying for you, and it was like your old man isn't there anymore, and you're just saying yes to Jesus, and he's taking away all the things that are not of him. Well, let me tell you, Heidi, Jeff and I went on to do the heavy lifting in 2010 and dealt with all soul wounds because the enemy gets in through soul wounds and soul wounds are wounds you can have from childhood, even in the womb, they can come because babies can hear inside their mother's womb. And so when we went through Elijah House training, we had to be delivered first. And so we had to go back through childhood because soul wounds opened the door to the enemy. So those soul wounds still needed to be healed, even though God took the temptation and the desire completely healed us from that. We still needed to deal with those soul wounds and trauma because the spirit of trauma can also open up the door to addiction sickness in the body and other things too. We had to go back and deal with soul wounds. Oh, I just love this. You're just so open. You're so real. You're so vulnerable. And this is how God wants us to be. He just wants us to be open with him. There isn't a, I'm good. I figured this out. It's nope. God come and help deliver me, heal my soul. And that's how he wants us to be in that position. And you can still, you're super humble. You're still vulnerable. You'll still be like, Hey, Heidi, I repent for this. You just, you live this. And so it's not, when we talk on the phone five times a week, I just want our listeners to understand that this isn't like a, okay, great. Like she's now got this book and she's this ministry lady. Like you're a real person and you still operate in this place of vulnerability. And that's how we stay free. Repentance is a lifestyle. And somebody needs to hear this just because you stumble and fall. Doesn't mean you quit climbing the mountain. Absolutely. Take Jesus by the hand and let him pull you up and carry you on his shoulders. I mean, it's life's a journey. And my pastor Mac always says, life is a press, right? It says in Philippians, we press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Life is a press. Every day we get up and face you know, new challenges, but with Jesus and Holy Spirit, we can get through anything. He said his grace is sufficient mm-hmm. unto us. So 
Thank you for just yeah. being an open vessel and being so real. I would love for you to pray for our listeners. Oh, I would love to. Would, Let me just yeah. say one thing yeah. for those of you. My family calls me in my book. Chapter one is my train wreck life. I did not want to give a lot of glory to the enemy. So I'm saved by chapter two. But, <laughs> um, my family calls me the poster child for redemption. Seriously, um, I'm a poster child for redemption right here. And I want you to know that I had a praying mom and somebody mm. needs to hear this. But when my mom died, I was high in cocaine. She yeah. died in 1996 and I wasn't spiritually fit to lose her. And I got saved on actually Halloween 2007 wow. and baptized in the Holy Spirit January 31st, 2008, mm. 90 days later. But I was on my knees and I was worshiping the Lord about a year after getting saved because my mom was in heaven, obviously. I said, Lord, does my mom know I love you? Oh. She said, Daughter, mm. she prayed you in. Oh, gosh. So the power of a praying parent, praying son or daughter, or a praying friend for those that are lost. If God can save me, he can literally save anybody. Yeah. So knock him up. And to keep praying, He's, right. he hears our prayers. He does. He does. And it's his desire that not one would be lost. So Lord, I lift up everyone at the sound of my voice right now. Lord, I ask you to pour out your spirit upon them, that they would come to know you as Heidi and I know you, God. Lord, I pray that the soil of their hearts would be plowed by your love to receive your word, God. Lord, I thank you that blind eyes will be opened and deaf ears will be opened to hear your voice, God. I thank you, Lord, that as we speak, somebody is getting healed right now of a soul wound because they thought you'd abandon them, God, but you haven't. Your word says you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And so, Lord, I thank you that they would come to know your mercy endures forever, that you are not mad at them, God, that you love them no matter what they've done, Lord. And I thank you for healing soul wounds now, Lord. I thank you for opening up hearts to get the help that they need, whether that there's no shame in asking for help, getting counseling, whatever it is that they need to do, God, go into treatment, whatever it is they need, Lord. I thank you right now that people's hearts are being changed by your spirit. And Lord, we thank you for the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. I feel like God wants you to pray for some of the specific things that got broken off of you. Okay. Yeah, I got the fire like, on right now. The fire bul like bulimia, alcoholism, yeah. drug abuse, yeah. Yeah. depression, low self-esteem. If you can specifically pray for those because you have been set free. So Heavenly Father, I just take authority over a spirit of fear, over a spirit of fear that is coming against your children, God, because bulimia in drugs and alcohol are about being in fear. And so, Lord, I take authority and I bind that spirit of fear off of your children right now. And Lord, I thank you that you are healing eating disorders as we speak, God. I thank you that you are um, giving people uh, the will to surrender God to your will. Lord, I ask you to help them to be willing to be willing where they're not willing. That's what he just said, that it is his desire to help you to be willing to be willing where you're not willing. Wow. And so, Lord, I thank you for a uh, spirit of alcoholism, a spirit of drug addiction, spirit of bulimia, 
right now must go at the sound of my voice in the authority of the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you that there is no shame or condemnation for those that are in you, God. And we just release right now, Heidi and I release right now, all the authority of heaven to heal depression, sorrow, fear, grief, drug addiction, alcoholism, and in any type of eating disorder, Lord, we release that healing anointing right now. The fire God is all over us right now, Lord. We just release your fire. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As she's praying and you're feeling something different and you notice that and you're maybe not understanding what it is, like she said, just say thank you. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And just give him glory, give him praise, and just thank him for what he's doing. And you can even say more. Just say, I want this, God. I want this healing. Because sometimes we might have a tendency to want to fight it because we don't understand it. But remember, we're not in our mind. We're in our spirit. So we don't need to understand it. We just need to surrender and submit to him and say yes to him and trust that he's God and we're not and he's healing you so just say thank you this is what I want I want to be set free I believe in you Jesus and I thank you for what you're doing in my life I think one of the things is when I finally came to a place where I realized that I had come to the end of myself you know, our, our flesh wants to do it on our own, right? Our flesh wants the oh, yeah. at a girl, you know, or the accomplishment. And, and when we get to a point of surrender where we just say, you know what, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own is when God can move on your behalf. And so you just throw up your hands and just say, come Lord Jesus, because I can't do this on my own. It's in our nature. It's in our flesh. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to fix ourselves and to analyze it and try to understand it. We're not going to be able to understand the spiritual stuff. We just have to trust God and we're not. (laughs) And I would love for our listeners to get a hold of you, get a hold of your book, tell them how they can know more about you. My website, well, it's Heartbeat of Heaven Ministries, but it's hohministries.org. You can email me through my website and also purchase my book through my website. Again, it's hohministries.org. And of course, it's available on Amazon and other places like Barnes and Noble. I will actually put it on the website and the show notes as well. So they can find it that way. One of the things the Lord has given me is a thousand prophecies from the throne room about his love for you, his children. And I call them love declarations from the father's heart. And there are over a hundred in this book. And in the back, it's almost like a devotional, isn't it, Heidi? Yes. A shadow box. Anything you see in a shadow box is a word from heaven. And then at the very end, I've got 40 more. And it's called Love Declarations from the Father's Heart. And there's four categories and 10 in each category. So um, he said this book would be a leaf blower. I love that. Always those fig leaves. Well, and I can just say when I read it, I couldn't put it down. Thank you. I'm I'm a story girl. And so your story had me there. I wanted to know what was going to happen. And so I really was very interested in knowing what was, I highly recommend this book. Even if you're not a reader, you will find it's very easy to read and very freeing and very encouraging. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's my honor. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. God bless everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.